been a weird start, Julia. Amateur hour. <laughs> Amateur hour back at uh, at the Darting Through the Faith podcast. <laughs> I almost said collars and questions, but that's my other job. Mm-hmm. That is your <laughs> other, other job. job. You called it. You called the podcast on your last collars and questions, Darting Through the Catechism. Did I really? You did. I have a. I'm having identity crises. <laughs> I like that you're recording callers and questions from from the studio in this very place. In this very place, because people are asking then oh, about yeah. where like are you? what. Where are you? Yeah. What are these? What are these odd things what they, sitting on the table? Somebody asked what they were. This last Tootsie Pops. Tootsie Pops. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm not gonna lie. That was really like after he asked that question, and I looked. I'm like, that's a good guess. Shoot, it's we need some Tootsie Pops. Kind of what they looked like yeah. in the bowl from the screen. So Tootsie Pops. So yeah, How many kudos. licks do you think does it take to get to the center of a dart? I'll let you be the judge of that. Mm. Can't lick stuff. It's the coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Right. No licking. No licking. And I, like I was licking some doorknobs earlier today and somebody stopped me. All right, I'll stop. Was that before or after you ate the or drank the cleaner? It was. At, I had to purify my mouth with gotcha. the cleaner. Yeah. Gotcha. How many other people like freaked out, panicked when they saw that? Oh, like, my gosh. Like legit. I'm like, first, my first thought was, what is he, what it's in that, that it's going to disinfect, but also it's good, good enough to like drink because I should be making this at home and using yeah. this as my cleaner. Like right. it's, it's non-toxic, but it still works. <laughs> right. So maybe I should just invest in that. And then as you kept doing it, I'm like, I don't, what's poison controls number. <laughs> is someone in the room with him? I hope no kids are watching this. I, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Some people really didn't like that. Oh, yeah. well, anyway. Okay. Just, uh, a point of contention. Gotcha. Well, Anyways, we should pray. Okay. In the name of the father and the son, and the Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly father, we give you thanks for this gift of the catechism as we reflect today on uh, the fall and especially the fall of the angels. We ask that you may always uh, pull us out of this fall. We ask that we may entrust ourselves wholeheartedly to your love so that you may raise us from the depths of sin so that we may know the grace of your son, Jesus Christ. We ask all of this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So You're bringing it in the prayer category today. Really? Yeah. Do do you mean it? I do mean it. Okay. Sorry, I was trying to, I was a little sarcastic there. I do mean it. Um, maybe it has something to do with the date that we're recording this. Yeah. Thursday. It is. You know what today is? Tell me. It's Ascension Thursday. It, it is should Ascension be Ascension Thursday. Thursday. And I've been grinding an ax all day that it should be Ascension That's Thursday. not what I was referring to, but I like where you went with that. Yeah. Ascension Thursday is a great day. Today so. is today. Now you won't, this won't air today, obviously, but today, Thursday, May 21st is the anniversary of Father Sean's ordination. So yeah. it's, it's a, it's a good big day. day. Yeah. It's a big day. Yeah. Father, Father Jarrett, in case you were wondering, was two days ago, right? On the 19th. 19th. Yeah. 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 There's a, there's particular prayers a priest can use on the anniversary of his ordination. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I should have brought those, but we were talking about other stuff, but mm. I, I used them at mass this morning. Did you? They're beautiful. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Well, that's, that is not what we're talking about today. We are we on the catechism. About it. Can I, by the way, before we go any further, less catechism, more me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that John the Baptist? Is there, he said something very similar about increasing uh, and decreasing. I don't know. I don't think I read that part. <laughs> anyway, be, before we go, because I'm going to forget. And we, I have promised a very special shout out to someone in my life on this show. And I promised it to him. And then we were not able to do videos for several weeks. And so he's hanging on this thread, waiting for this shout out. Then last week we reconnected, did a video. I totally forgot to give him a shout out. 
might very well be our youngest viewer, our youngest listener. Very possible. So my little godson, my nephew, Michael Hoagie, shout out to you, Michael. Michael Hoagie. Which, isn't it providential that today's the day I remember to do this shout out with what we're talking about in the catechism? Because St. Michael, Michael makes will an appearance. probably get brought wow. up today. So well, I was he thinking, already has. Yeah. So I thought about that. Like, that's providential. We're going to be talking about St. Michael today. And shout out to Michael, Michael who's Hoagie. a second grader preparing, anxiously waiting to make his first communion oh. and has been faithfully following this podcast. Crazy. Crazy. He's awesome. He is. Okay. Great. All right, so I can't the, wait to talk to him about this shout out sometime in the, the next few weeks. Yeah. When, I'm sure we'll have a conversation. About I'm sure it. you will. So should I tell him, tell everybody what he told me he wanted for his first communion? Yeah, probably. No, don't. <laughs> you have to now. No, I do have to. So I asked Michael a couple of weeks ago what he wanted for his first communion. He had a couple ideas, but then what he finally landed on was um, a signed picture of Father Sean. <laughs> and so I told Father Sean that, that Michael wants a signed picture of you for his uh, first communion. And your response, do you remember what you said to me? I don't. You said, you're not actually going to get him that, are you? <laughs> Yeah, I am. Yeah, I guess now you have to. You said <laughs> Get it. your Sharpie ready. Yeah. Um, Three million people that are watching this. Yeah. They yeah. all are witnesses. Yeah. They're all going to want this now. It's going to be the standard. What the heck? Okay. Moving on. What are we talking about? We are talking about paragraphs 385 through 395. The fall, sin, and the fall of the angels. Yeah. Most of this is about the, the fall well, of the angels. Yeah. About half of it. Yeah. So anyway, you begin. I begin? Yeah. Well, the fall happened, and I don't think any of us can argue that because right. we've all lived through the coronavirus, and that makes you realize, well, this ain't heaven. Um, mm. So, so I guess that's uh, that's that's we're all um, feeling it, right? And that's how it kind of starts. Yet, no one can escape the experience of suffering or the evils in nature, which seem to be linked to the limitations proper to creatures, and above all, to the question of moral evil. Where does evil come from? So that's what we're about, right? Like, or not what we're about, but what we're, we're going to talk about today is this inescapable reality of suffering, of evil, and where does it have its origin? Where does, it, where does, it, uh, where does the ball of evil get rolling? And um, yeah, and then that, that comes all the way down to us. Like, we're, none of us can escape it. I think, I think we can attest to that. I mean... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Was I have nothing more strong answer to say then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And not only that, not only where, where does evil come from, but the question of if God is love and God is mercy, how is this even possible? Right. Isn't this going against his mercy? So a, a very deep topic of conversation. Um, and I don't, I don't suspect that we'll cover everything on this podcast today, but, but maybe just a little bit that we can have some understanding, a little bit greater of understanding of how can suffering exist if God is all love, if God is all, if God is mercy, if God is love. Right, right. And even at the end of that first paragraph, the revelation of divine love in Christ manifested at the same time the extent of evil and the superabundance of grace. So Christ reveals more love. The worse sin is, the greater Christ's love is. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, if if we if we really don't need to be saved, right? If we think like, I'm doing okay, I, I'm I'm doing all right, I'm a good person, well fine, you don't need a redeemer. Mm -hmm. If if we think we're just we're doing all right and we're doing fine, things are fine, I'm I'm okay, you're okay, then 
what the heck did Jesus die for? Mm -hmm. So part of this is when we recognize how real sin is, we recognize how in need we are of, of somebody to, to bring us back from that. So, so it's a, so if we don't, if we, I, I guess I'm trying to say, if we don't give sin its due, then we're kind of, um, what is it? Negating what Jesus does? I don't know. The words aren't coming to me. Well, yeah, no, that's, it made perfect sense Okay, that it, it humbles us before the Lord that if, if we're, if we aren't recognizing and calling sin for what it is, then we're essentially saying we don't need him. And if we're saying we don't need him, then, um, that's a big problem. That is a big problem. Um, and then, and while you're talking about that, just to, to talk about, um, the blessed Virgin Mary just a little bit, because she who's conceived without sin still needed a redeemer. And that becomes a confusing point of contention, I think, for some people. Like, how is that, how is that possible? So, um, mm. you know, I, quite simply, she was saved before she ever fell. You know, like we, we fall into sin, right? And, and we're redeemed sort of after the fact, so to speak. But she received these graces right. prior to it that, would, that prevented her from make, falling into sin to begin with. But she was still redeemed, right? Am I saying mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. In the, the opening prayer for the Mass on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, mm-hmm. the word is used prevenient grace, mm. prevenient. Mm. So um, so like venire is come in Latin. Mm-hmm. So pre, come before. So the grace that came before Christ. So it's basically God's outside of time. So he can apply the grace of Christ to Mary, even though um, Christ hadn't come yet. So prevenient. That's a sweet he, word. And he prevented mm-hmm. the original sin. So mm-hmm. that's so, a sweet word. Well, yeah. the next the next paragraph is where this just right. This is where just black and white. Yeah. Tells us sin is present in human history. Any attempt to ignore it or to give this dark reality other names would be futile. Mm. Right. To, mm. to try to understand what sin is, one must first recognize the profound relation of man to God. For only in this relationship is the evil of sin unmasked in its true identity as humanity's rejection of God and opposition to him, even as it continues to weigh heavy on human life and history. So sin is our rejection of God, our opposition to him. Later on in the next paragraph, it, it kind of gives another definition of sin. Sin is an abuse of the freedom that God gives to created persons so that they are capable of loving him and loving one another, loving one another. So God gives us this freedom so that we can love him, that we can choose to love him. Right. Because he doesn't want slaves. Right. right. So he's created us to live in this loving relationship with him. So he gives us this freedom so that we can love him freely, that we can love others freely, but it's comes at a risk. Right. right. Because now we have this freedom to, to choose, which means we can also choose to reject him, to oppose him, right. which is what sin is. Sin, yeah. Yeah, and we often don't think of sin that way. I think oftentimes we think of sin as breaking a rule. We think sure. of sin as like, well, God says I should not steal and, you know, whatever, I cheated on my taxes. Or God says I, I shouldn't gossip and I did that, so I broke this rule, so now I have to seek forgiveness. And it's it's so much, It's it's that's a, that's a child's version of which we all fall in. I don't sure. say that to like belittle people because mm-hmm. that's my like, oh shoot, I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. but, um, mm-hmm. but it, it's supposed to get at something deeper that the creator who created us, the redeemer who redeemed us, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, we've broken that relationship and we have, we have insulted the, the, their perfection and who they created us to be to think about, well, I, you know, 
during the coronavirus, sometimes when I'm stressed out, I turn to I turn to chips and salsa more than I did to the Lord. It's like, why was I seeking my chips and salt, my solace in chips and salsa? And so all that's that's offensive to God, right? That's like, you know, you think about like a husband and wife. Like if if you're having a rough day, and instead of going to talk to your husband about it, you went and uh, you know whatever, just started spilling your guts to the attendant at the gas station. It's like. Mm what mm. that, you know, that's you're, you're going to the wrong person. So, mm. um, so, uh, anyways, so it's a, it's mm. a deeper form of, uh, of just breaking a rule. Sin is, it's mm-hmm. not just, it's that it's, it's, uh, it's this abuse and it's a rejection of God. So, yeah, it, which, which makes us have to under, we have to understand the why behind the rules, right? Mm. Like we have to understand why these quote unquote rules exist why we have these guidelines, why we have these, these commandments, these commandments yeah. why it's so black and white. Um, and when we understand the why behind it, that it's out of love, that, that God wants us to be safe, that he wants us to be home with him in eternal life, that he doesn't want us to hurt ourselves. that that's why the rules exist. Otherwise you're right. It's just, and to say that like, if, if we're avoiding sin in our life um, because we don't want to break the rule, that's okay. I mean, yeah. it's good. We're avoiding yeah. sin. That's not a bad thing. Right. Um, you know, it's just that a re- living in a relationship with him, it can be so much more. It can be like, I, I don't want to hurt him. I love him so much. Right. So why would I want to hurt him? Right. You know? So, so anyway, this is kind of getting to the core of that and, and talking about that and laying that out here in the beginning. Right. And the title of this little section, those two paragraphs we were just discussing where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more, right. which is what you said to start right. out with. So, yeah. All right. So we're at three. Are we at original sin? Now? Original sin. Okay. Yeah. Not the original prankster. Wasn't that a song in the nineties? No beastie boys. No Leo. Can you back this up? No shoot. Are, are, are we, are we aging ourselves or it's that I'm just wrong. Leo is nodding that we're aging ourselves. Gosh. So offended. <laughs> Except I'm not because <laughs> it's true. And and I am the oldest in this room altogether. So, but I'm sorry. I can't. You might be older than Leo and I combined. <gasps> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ouch. It's, it's a deep burn. <laughs> it's not true. It's I'm not, not gonna, true. It's not true. It's and not even I close. I knew it didn't cut you that deep. It didn't cut me you knew that it deep. It was all unjust. Yeah, because it's not true. And even if it were true. Whatever, touche. Yeah, whatever. whatever. It's just number. Okay, just so yes, number. original sin. Talk talk to us about that. It happens. <laughs> um, but they have to say, so the, the part on original sin says an essential truth of the faith. And you think well, like, well, duh, of course it was part of the faith. But it's been denied to say, well, it's an, it's an idea or it's, it's, just, um, it's just trying to describe the, the fundamental brokenness. And, and part of it goes because... Although the original sin happens in Genesis chapter three, the fall of Adam and Eve, uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters don't don't call it original sin. Like they don't have that doctrine. Um, it's not as like clear cut. And for us, this three eighty eight realize we give a nod to that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not it was not something there. But you see this kind of um, full revelation of the depth of original sin in Saint Paul as he talks, as he kind of he in I think it's the letter to the Romans. He kind of compares and contrasts Adam and Jesus as Jesus is mm-hmm. the new Adam. So what's he say? What's the Catechism says here? We must know Christ as the source of grace in order to know Adam came. To convict the world. Whoa. You skipped a I line. I skipped a line. <laughs> we must know Christ as the source of grace in order to know Adam as the source of sin. Mm-hmm. So until we know Christ as the source of grace, 
we can't fully recognize Adam and the fall as the, the source of sin. So, yeah, it's so interesting um, because unless you've spent a lot of time studying, you know, old te- the Old Testament and, and putting yourself in the shoes of of the Jewish people awaiting the Messiah at that time, it's it's just interesting because you know when we're when we're living the Christian faith and living as Christians. You're like, yeah, of course, original sin, Adam, and then Christ came to redeem us. But it was interesting to read that and to like actually think about that. That yeah, that, yeah, that wouldn't have made full sense, right? And that's what Jesus was telling us when he came up to us. And what we he was telling them, I think we talked about that a couple of podcasts ago when we talked about Jesus and Israel. Mm. Um, but we were talking about, um, you know, that Jesus, the law, and that Jesus was saying, I haven't come to abolish the law. I've come to fulfill it, you know. And that he's the fulfillment of this. And this, there's an aspect of that in this. So again, like you said, we must know Christ as the source of grace in order to know Adam as the source of sin. Right? So yeah, right. That, that completes that right. thought, so to speak. And it, it said, the next paragraph talks about original sin as the reserve, reverse mm-hmm. side of the good news mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. So it's, it's almost, um, yeah, it's, it, it's the reverse side. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So yeah, but it, yeah. yeah. So that's that's profound. You you got you have to kind of look at them together to get the full, right. the full picture. I think is what that's trying to remind us of. Yeah, and I think probably the next paragraph we should just read because okay. it's really interesting how to read the account of the fall. So the fall, and you think about is this just a story or is this just or is did it actually happen? How do we how do we read this? And so the account of the fall in Genesis three uses figurative language but affirms a primeval event, a deed that took place at the beginning of human history. Revelation gives us the certainty of faith that the whole human history is marked by the original fault freely committed by our first parents. So there's they're like two things trying to be held in balance. On the one hand, it really uh, something happened, a fall, a, a, you know, a turning of humanity away from God happened. Like we can't argue that it actually happened. On the other hand, there's figurative language to say, um, did it happen exactly as Genesis three says? And it could have, but it doesn't have to, I guess is the, is the, um, is the way to put it. Like Mm -hmm. it it could have happened exactly like that, but it doesn't have to, Mm -hmm. and if it didn't have to it, but something did happen. Maybe that, I don't know if I needed to explain that further, but I, it makes sense. Get, yeah, yeah, makes sense to you. But you're yeah. you're you're seeing my gestures and maybe the the audio listeners. It's these <laughs> gestures that are really bringing home the point. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> As I, see, I'm bringing home the point. I, right. Okay. Well, then that people are just going to have to tune in if they're not fully getting this. In which the one audio. is it? Which one's bringing home the point and which one's unveiling the truth? I shouldn't slam the table. I don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's the that, gavel. That did yeah, that did do that. make our. Uh, our producer look up and say, hold on. Oh gosh. He was almost sleeping. So we had to wake him up. Yeah, that's right. Okay. An alarm clock in here. Okay. So that that, that does make sense. Okay. So that paragraph, how to read the account of the fall. Okay. Real. It was a real event. There was really a fall, but might not be as literal as what it's written in Genesis. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then we get to like this really meaty part in these next several chapter chapters, which is the fall of the angels. Yeah. Which I, um, I have to admit that it wasn't until like, I don't know, five-ish years ago or so where I really came to understand this at a greater depth. I mean, you always knew, you know, there's the good angels and then Satan fell. And you understood that, I think, from even a very young age, right? Yeah. That, that there is spiritual warfare, that evil exists, that, 
that our battle is against, you know, spirits and not against the flesh, as scripture says, but to really understand how, I mean, what the, what the church teaching is on that, on, on the, the fall and what scripture teaches us about that. Anyway, you go and I'll fill in, but. Um, sure. Um, I, the first part of this fall of angels, that, that paragraph behind the disobedient choice of our first parish parents lurks a seductive voice opposed to God, which makes them fall into death out of envy. Mm-hmm. So, so you have this whole, and we, we know this from the, and that's what the, the biblical story kind of unveils that there is this, this, um, this voice that seduces the seductive mm-hmm. voice that seduces Adam and Eve into eating the, the forbidden fruit. And, uh, and so, but even this has that little, that little line as to, well, why, why would the devil do that? Why would these fallen angels do it out of envy? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the child that, or the adult, if they can't have anything nice, or if I can't have anything nice, then I don't want anybody to. Nobody can be happy. If I can't be happy, then nobody can. And the devil just takes that envy and um, and wants to bring the whole world down with it. Yeah. So yeah, that common expression, "misery loves company." Yeah. Right. Yeah. So to so to um, share with the, the the viewers and the listeners, there is a an audio talk out there by Dr. Mark Miravelli called. Um, Angels Explained. Sorry, I have it pulled mm. up here. Have you ever listened to that, Father no. Sean? Angels Explained, what you should know about the nine choirs of angels. So he talks about the nine Ooh. choirs of angels and then also about the fall and the fall of the angels. So it's just very educational, very well done. And it was listening to this, like I said, about five years ago where I just, like my mind was just blown. Like, right. um, I mean, we've always had pray your guardian angel prayer. Have I've, I've had some sort of a devotion to my guardian angel, um, but to understand the fall. And what you just pointed out there, the envy. Yeah. Right. So you please correct me where I'm wrong on this. Um, Happily. <laughs> always. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. even have to, yeah. you don't even have to offer that as Just about what you're saying or about other stuff too. <laughs> Anything and everything. It's all good. It's all good. So, so God, and this is my simplistic way of describing this. Okay. So God is, is revealing this, the beatific vision to all the angels, right? These created creatures, angels, which by the way, maybe we should just point that out that angels are created beings, Hmm. um, not that, that aren't recycled and they're not human. So like we don't have our grand beloved grandparent who passed away, who's now our guardian angel. Like that's like angels are their own created beings, right? Without Mm -hmm. body. So that that's not eternal. They don't die either. Right. And then they're not reused. So if, if we have guardian angels, right, that there's been one, at least one for every person that's ever been that's ever been born and that will ever be born yet to come. So anyway, just throw that out there. But so God, God unveils this plan, this, this vision. He unveils to the angels that the second person of, of the Trinity is going to be man. Right. And this is where the envy creeps in and um, Lucifer, one of the highest angels, right. The, Lucifer steps in and says, I will not serve. Yeah. Right. Because angels are of a higher creation than man. Right. And they are. Right. And so, so Lucifer is realizing like, no, this humans are below me. I'm not going to serve a human being. And then further along those lines, it's, it's later unveiled, you know, that, um, that this second person of the Trinity, this God man is going to be born of woman. And then Lucifer really says, no, I'm not doing a woman like, okay, 
uh, first, I'm not serving a man, and this man's going to be born of a woman, and she's going to be my queen? I don't think so, you know, because we look at Mary as queen of the angels. And so, yeah, it's that out of envy. And out of the out of the echoes, right, which um, we hear St. Michael when Lucifer is rejecting and Lucifer saying, I will not serve. And this voice of St. Michael comes up and says, who is like God? And that's what I believe that Michael actually means. But Michael basically is taking that stand and saying, who do you think you are? Right. Who do you think you are that you're just not going to serve? Like this is our creator type of a thing. So of course, Lucifer falls. Um, Others, angels fall with him. I I believe, did it say in here, or I heard it on the the CD, like one third of them fell. Yeah. Um, I think that's book of revelation. Okay. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so they, so they fall. And like we already said, well, Misery loves company, right? right. Um, God allows. Um, oh, I mean, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I I think that's a general um, theory. I think mm-hmm. that's widely accepted, disseminated for centuries. That uh, Lucifer recognizes the plan of salvation is for the second person of the Blessed Trinity to become incarnate of the Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no, mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. But I don't think that's anything like in the catechism or like found doctrine that if you don't believe that you're sure. you're out in heresy or anything right. like that. So I think it's a it's a widely accepted tradition. Mm-hmm. It's an explanation that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But as far as like, do you have to believe this to be Catholic? It does not get to that level. I, and I think that's a good point because talk about that for a little bit. Just, just briefly, not long, the but different levels of, um, yeah, because you know, shoot. we, we hear that like private revelation, for example, yeah, yeah, and that, so let's say I just refuse to believe that our lady of Guadalupe is, mm. is real, that that was a real vision. And so, um, you know, I refuse to believe that. Well, fine. That doesn't mean that you're not in good standing with Catholic church teaching, right? This is what the church teaches us. You're looking for this in your catechism now. Um, Yes. (laughs) Because yes, because we put me on the spot. I did put you on the spot. That's all right. Keep going. Whenever you want to stop, I'll jump in. No, I'm done. I'm stopping now. Okay. All right. Yeah. So there are different levels of like acceptance and different, a hierarchy of truths, right? Mm -hmm. The blessed Trinity being the highest one, those that are definitively revealed for all ages that um so the trinity the incarnation the immaculate conception the virgin birth you go on and on the real presence of christ in the eucharist these are like the uh the absolute non-negotiables there's three levels i'm going to miss something um so then and then the next ones would be so those are of like always forever importance as long as the church is around but then the the next level would be probably ones I'm actually, I'm really not comfortable going in okay. here without preparing. Okay. Um, but let's just say there are things that are time sensitive. Let's mm-hmm. say, for example, birth control pill. The mm. morality of that would is still something we have to, but because of its, it's a, it's a historical, th- you know, judgment that would be one. And I think mm. even below that would be the church's um, decision that liberation theology, in many aspects of it is incompatible with the Catholic faith. Mm. So that would be a, a lower one because it's like a judgment on something else. Mm. So that's all the further I want to get mm-hmm. because I'm weeding into stuff that I'm not 100% prepared to jump into. Man, when um, we throw that dart, can you aim for wherever this is in the catechism? Sure. I don't know where it is on the <laughs> I dartboard. I don't either. But... but then even below that, like so as you were mentioning, like private revelation, mm-hmm. that, that the church always deems that as worthy of belief. Mm-hmm. So to say like, 
skeptical people looked into this and the only logical, the only like explanation seems to be that it's of supernatural origin. Mm -hmm. And a long story short, we actually just got from the Archbishop of Cincinnati and six other bishops signed it, a judgment on somebody uh, who was purporting to have visions Mm. um, 40 years ago, maybe, Mm. and kind of got some notoriety. So uh, a neighboring bishop was tasked by the Vatican to investigate it. Mm. And then he did his investigation and the other bishops signed off on it. So Mm. we got a copy of that judgment um, for our, for our knowledge and our pastoral concern. So Mm. I'd never gotten anything like that before. Mm. It's rather fascinating. Mm. So it is fascinating. Yeah. I I guess the point, the, the point I'm, I'm just trying to like hit home in the simplistic terms is that, yeah, if, if I, you know, have decided, well, you know, I'm not devoted to, that and I'm right. I'm not buying that or whatever. It's okay. Like it's it's not. You're not going to. You're not kicked. certain things, right? Y- if you're you talking say, about oh, at the different levels. Right. I'm talking about private revelation, okay. I guess, yeah, particularly yeah. Right. private revelation. But yes, you're talking about the different. But that's that's pertinent for this discussion because people say that about original sin. Mm. They put original sin into one of those like, well, is it something you really have to believe? Oh, yes, oh. it is. Original sin is part of the revealed truths of the Catholic faith. Gotcha. So, Wow, yeah. that's good stuff. Okay, so yeah, more yeah, on yeah. that in future episodes. Yep. Stay tuned for whenever that dart lands, wherever yeah, that goes. <laughs> the, the levels of doctrine, dogma, uh, and such. All right, so so we get into this about the angels, and they 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 choose to turn away from the Lord. Um, and and some people might ask, well, um, how come God doesn't give them a chance to mm-hmm. um to repent, sure. right? We have a chance to re- right. repent. Why don't, why are the angels, why can the devil, or maybe it's a, a ch- like, can the devil repent? And so to remember that um, angels and devils are spiritual beings. So they live in eternity. So the choices they make are eternal choices. So there's an, we hear in here, an irrevocable mm-hmm. character of their choice, not a defect in divine mercy mm-hmm. because they are such this high form of creation of angels, that their decisions, their choice, this choice they made at the very moment of their creation to not serve is one of irrevocable character. And to be honest, I'd imagine if you ask the devil, he would not want to change his mind because he can't. He's made up his mind for all eternity. And um, and that's a sad choice. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's exactly where I was going to go next because I think that's... Um a common perhaps misconception too. Um, or yeah, or we, we do that. Well, that we say it's a hit against God's mercy that we right. say that, well, why, why couldn't they repent? But like you said, and again, here we are talking about private re- re- revelation here, but I um, mean, I don't know who, who this was revealed to, but at, at one of the points, um, a sister or nun was asking the Lord, a mystic was asking the Lord Jesus in prayer about that question. And his response to her was, um, you know, even more simplistic than that, that they have full knowledge. They have complete full knowledge, right. which is something we can't equate to in this life because yeah, we, yeah. we don't, but they had complete full knowledge. So it's not like, you know, there, there wasn't that, there wasn't room. There's not yeah. room for mercy, I guess, in a sense, like they had full knowledge and decided anyway, um, so full well, but yeah. maybe the lesson for us is this quote from St. John Damascene, who's one of the great church fathers. There is no repentance for the angels after their fall, just as there is no repentance mm-hmm. for men after death. 
Mm. So that's a reminder of the irrevocable character of our lives, mm -hmm. that our lives tell a particular story, just as the, the choice of the angels tells, um, you know, tells you where their hearts is. Mm -hmm. So do our lives. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so to, to get on with the repentance and the turning away, the conversion, turn away from sin, not from God, right. um, while we still have time, right. while there's still air in our lungs. Live that life of penance, which is what we talked about last week, right? Oh, hot dog. <laughs> Hot dog. Okay, yes. So I once heard of a guy named Hot Dog. Really? He owned a fire truck. So, Hot Dog. Okay. This guy named Hot Dog owned a bunch of hot dog stands okay. in uh in Chicago. Okay. It was way off topic. Okay. Um and he uh and he was very generous to this the Franciscan Sisters of the Eucharist in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um so Father Jared spent a summer with them there. And one day, Hot Dog, this guy named Hot Dog, mm -hmm. shows up with his fire truck mm -hmm. on like the 4th of July and says, sisters, come on, we're taking a ride around Chicago. And there, hanging off the fire truck, going around Chicago, is Hot Dog driving with these Franciscan sisters in their habits. This, is this a people. true story? It is a true story. I legit thought this was a joke when you started. No. When you said, I know a guy named Hot Dog. I, I know who, of a guy. Of a guy. I've never had the pleasure of meeting Hot Dog who hot drove dog. a fire truck. I'm like, this is a joke. So I was I was ready for a yeah. Father Sean joke. No, it's And then and then Father Jared entered. Father Jared did and enter. I realized, he can affirm it. <laughs> I don't hot think dog this is, is a I joke. think Father Jared's met Hot Dog. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I know who has is Father Peter Langenkamp. Okay. He can tell the story of Hot Dog and the sisters and the fire truck. It's amazing. Like nobody's business. I think they stopped for ice cream. And so they pulled up to the ice cream parlor <laughs> and all the sisters and this guy get off the truck. And Father Peter's in his, he's in his, he might be in his cassock. Yeah. You just imagine that sight. Nice. Yeah. So that's a great story. Yeah. I, I wish, yeah. Or can we just end with that? We have more to be. We, we could. I mean, <laughs> uh, what else? Um, well, you think like, well, why does God permit this, right? Like, so Satan, and this is 395. I'm sorry. I hate to interrupt. That is so funny. That's like such a hard, like, hot dogs and fire trucks and Father Lang and camp and ice cream. And we're right back in. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We got business. We got Julia. business. Let's go. You stopped me off the tracks. Yeah, let's go. I Gosh. did. Now I don't know. I'm so sorry. I did interrupt you. Ice cream. <laughs> Sounds My good. ordination anniversary. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um. All right. So, so the, the, of course, all right, the angels fall Okay, and they they're, fall. they're seducing us, right? Yep. They're trying to, to turn us away from the Lord. Why does God allow that? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. The action is permitted by divine providence, which with strength and gentleness guides human and cosmic history. It is a great mystery that providence should permit diabolical activity, but we know that everything that in everything God works for good with those who love him. Mm -hmm. So in the midst of um, the fact that God permits evil to happen um, is one of those most baffling things. I mean, you just go to that original fall mm -hmm. of Adam and Eve and, um, and God permitted their freedom because he loves them, mm -hmm. but uh, to trust that he can do something uh, greater than that out of, out of, uh, out of their fall. And we even seen that. So the Easter, proclamation, the exalted, you know, mm -hmm. exalt, hold that, them ex you know, you know what I'm mm -hmm. talking about? Mm -hmm. It's uh, that one, what, oh, necessary fault that won for us such a savior mm -hmm. where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Right. So, right. So we can do that. Right. But it is painful that he permits it. But yes, we are not robots. So we have freedom and we choose it a lot. Right. 
And this belief in understanding divine providence is an important aspect of that, right? Of, of understanding, right. um, yeah, that, that God can allow it. God can permit it. There's his, his permissive will and, and that he's diabolical, the evil, um, is, is allowed in his permissive will because long-term he knows the good that, that will come from it, that can come from it. And so he, he allows it in some level. Um, in Proverbs 16, four, it reads, the Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. So again, just kind of reiterating what you already said, like mm-hmm. all things work for, for good, for those who love God. Like right. there's a, there's a purpose. We don't understand it. We we never fully understand it. Um, we can maybe get bits and pieces, but we, we, that it's not our job to understand things completely. It's our job to love him. It's our right. job to be faithful to him. It's our job to be faithful even when we don't understand. Yeah. Right. Even when we, when we say, I don't get this, I don't understand why the church is telling me to do this. I don't understand why I can't do this. It seems like a good thing. I have friends that did it. I have this that did it. Why? Well, yeah. our job, even in the midst of not understanding, I mean, that's where we show our greatest faith, perhaps. When yeah. we say, you know what, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me, but I believe that right. he's my father and I love him. And so I'm going to be obedient. And, um, and that's true faith. Yeah. So enough Boom. said. Yeah, I think that's a great place to end. Mm-hmm. That's a great. So should we mark off? The, yes. I mean, is that a good place? To I end? think so. I think so. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, we can keep telling stories about hot dogs and fire trucks and ice cream. Can we title that this episode? Father Sean, hot dogs, fire trucks and ice cream. Father Sean is away from the mic. It's just me. He's marking off what we read. He's preparing to throw the dart. He's sitting back down. <laughs> Thank you for narrating my life. <laughs> I feel like what's that movie, uh, Stranger Than Fiction? Did you uh, see that? Will no. Ferrell. There's somebody like narrating his life and oh, really? talks about his demise, and he's like, "What? This is my life." <laughs> I don't All know. Right. Okay, you here we go. For this? I'm ready. Which one do you want me to throw it at? I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know where that one we were talking. about I don't either. Be. Should we find it? We could stand here for about ten minutes. All right, I'm just gonna throw it. Is it the? Oh, okay. Good and evil acts. The passions. Wow. The passions. Okay. Which is paragraphs. right 1749 to 1889 there's no way that's right yeah that's a lot that's like that's a lot i'm gonna have to let's let's look this up okay i might have typoed that that might be a typo okay oh keep talking julia okay um tell us something boring boring (laughs) how about i i have nothing just kidding nothing you don't have anything boring tell us something exciting Mm. could you tell us anything now, see, no, because now I'm put on the spot, and so now I've got nothing, nothing, mm. nothing. Yeah, we're gonna have to figure this one out. We'll we'll figure it out, and and maybe even in the the show okay. episode, um, Leo can even put like where we're going next. So 1749 to 1770. 1749 to 1770. There's a little in brief section in the middle, so we're going to skip that. Okay. But 1749 to 1750. So that's the morality of human action. So like sources of morality, good and evil acts, and then the passions. Okay. That yeah, sounds good. That sounds good. Let's do that. Sound good? Yeah. And since we talked about um, the fall today and the original sin and the fall of the angels, how about we just pray together a prayer to St. Michael? Oh, yeah. We told him he would get disgust and... We'll and we, bookend him. Well, there we go. Sounds good. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend, defend us in battle. battle. Be, Be our protection, protection against, against the wickedness and snares of the devil. devil. 
May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of thy heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.